Seeky, brace yourself for an existential question. Has your butt been having enough fun lately, Dallas? Fucking absolutely. Kidding me? Well, for everyone else, it's time to start using Seeky. Um, Dallas, have you ever used Seeky? I have used Seeky. I've used Seeky to lock in World Series tickets. Mm. Remember when we watched that 18 inning extravaganza I out do Boston remember that. where Nathan Eovaldi locked him's multi million dollar contract into place with a heroic performance and then Max Muncie shit all over it and hit a fucking <laughs> bomb? You remember that? Yeah. <laughs> I got I those tickets from SeatGeek. <laughs> <laughs> I do yep. remember that. That is crazy how, uh, like, he became a legend for a game that he gave up a walk-off homer on. Like everyone's like, yeah, it's dude, fucking Nathan Avaldi in that World Series. He's a baller, bro. Well, he gave up a walk-off homer in the only game that they lost. Which, by the way, good. was Ian Kinsler's fault. It's all, it's all good. It was. Uh, SeatGeek is so beloved by butts everywhere that they've made it the highest rated ticketing app. Whether it's concerts, baseball, basketball, football, festivals, or anything else, SeatGeek puts tickets from all over the web in one place to make buying simple. SeatGeek rates every ticket from 0 to 10 to make sure that you're getting a good deal. Green means good and red means bad. You, listening right now, you can get $20 off your first purchase with the promo code Jared, J-A-R-E-D, at SeatGeek.com or on the SeatGeek app. That is promo code Jared for $20 off your first SeatGeek order. SeatGeek, get your seat in a seat and download the app today. Um, The answer? Yep. What do you say? And I'm going to read this verbatim. Okay. Just because <laughs> Jay's a dick and I appreciate, <laughs> and I appreciate it. <laughs> uh, I write, is war impacted by the player's teammates? And his response was, so the concept of, quote, replacement level, i.e., the baseline against which war is measured is more like a universal yearly baseline across the league's last positions than it is, quote, the second baseman in AAA on the A's is the worst player in AAA, and so that makes the A's major league second baseman more or less valuable, unquote. No, those specifics may impact how a front office or coaching staff makes decisions, of course, but the publicly available wars don't work that way. So the publicly available war. So what you need to understand about that, Jared, (laughs) what he just told you was your war, the fucking layman war, that that war you've been battling, maybe not for you, but there's other wars that people are battling, Jared, and those wars, it matters. Dallas is on some other wars, bro. He's looking at the real war. So, yeah. Um. Yeah, yeah, so all that to say, Dallas was wrong. I was right. Nothing to do I was <laughs> right that there's layers to this shit, Jared. Yeah, no. Um, hey, the you call up to the varsity team. The no wins above replacements that we cite, baseball reference, and fan graphs. Lay wars. The teammates have no impact on that. Lay anyways, wars. Anyways, thank you, Jay Hay, for clearing that up again for the fucking 20th time. Um, Layman wars. Just, Just... Know that that's the difference. Teams do have their own 
forward. calculations and statistics and all that shit. It is interesting that they have their own formulas. They're not just firing up fan graphs and being like, all right. Well, we that's that's on. the beautiful part about like the game shifting is that I, I love that. Like, give me a team like the Royals who are like, yo, you know what? We want athletes. We want to see what put together contact oriented offense looks like instead of trying to settle with 220 and 35 like uh, you know hey credit to them for saying we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna flip things on its head yeah imagine if the uh, orioles they're according to their war they have like they're the best team they're like i don't know what's going on <laughs> our war says we <laughs> our players are killing based it. based on our calculations killing it. we're a top five club <laughs> in the game when you look at it this way uh, sure if you want to get hung up on the wins and losses, that's one thing. <laughs> I just saw this. Uh, the Angels have spent $599 million on five players since 2012 and have gotten 13.6 F war in return. Hamilton, that's five oh. for 125 for oh. 2.4 F war. Pujols. 10 for 240, 5.7 F4. Do stop it. Stop. Stop. Don't do this to them. Don't do 2.7 F4 for 5 for 106. He's playing for the Mariners. Don't Anthony do Rendon. No. <laughs> 7 no. for 245. No. He still owed $154.5 million oh. for 3.6 F4. Oh, he's not playing anymore this year. And then Zach Cozart, uh, 3 for 38 for negative 0.8 F4. They did. What did Angels fans do to you? I'm just, hey, it's part of the conversation. We're talking about the Angels, their spending habits, uh, their idiotic spending habits, wins above replacement as a statistic. It just, it was an all encompassing note. <laughs> but it's Joe Madden, but it's Joe Madden's fault. Good thing he's <laughs> yeah, gone. Play, yeah, exactly. Good thing play, he's gone. Blame Joe. <laughs> yeah. This is my yeah. favorite tweet that, uh, Red Sox stats on Twitter tweeted oh. out after after he got fired. The starting pitchers that Joe Madden had in LA based on game started. Shohei Otani, Andrew Heaney is number two. <laughs> Dylan Bundy, Sandoval, Griffin Canning, Jose Suarez, Alex Cobb, Jamie Burr, and it goes down from there. Uh-huh. Other than Shohei, there's not much in there. Mm. I, I don't want to do this to Angels fans anymore. Well, you're, you have just done it. No. You just did it. You just told them that they've spent good over half a billion dollars on 13 <laughs> wins. Yeah, it was. That's bad. You're a dick. <laughs> you're a dick. <laughs> Jared woke up and chose violence this morning. I, for whatever a, reason. For, it's for everyone else. Angel fans, like they have to understand. like The Angel fans that try to gatekeep Shohei... And Trout, but like, no, that's our guy. It's like, no, no, no. Like, they no. belong to all of us. <laughs> yeah, they, exactly. They belong to all of us. And, well, we thought there might have been a chance that Trout would eventually say goodbye. I don't think that that's going to happen. But no. Shohei. And how many Angels fans just like Shohei, for being honest? Like, that's a huge part of their fan base. Yes. Shohei fans? Yeah, I remember when we put up that graphic of uh, fucking Joe Madden with the Mohawk. Shout out to whoever made that. It was sick. 
It was like 40 replies from just people in <laughs> oh, Japanese. I'm, yeah, I'm telling you right now, you, you remove Shohei Otani from the Angels and their attendance drops 15%. Mm. <laughs> they have like Shohei bobble night, Shohei t-shirt night, Shohei pillow night. It's like once a, once a week. Shohei Otani yes. is the only player in MLB history to drive an eight-plus runs and yet have his team never hold the lead in a game since RBI <laughs> became a stat in 1920. <laughs> you're, a, you're an asshole. That's pretty That's funny. Just, they figured out RBIs in 1920. Took yeah. them that long. <laughs> what do we call these? <laughs> What do you want to call these? <laughs> See, I, I just, God, there has to be a, can somebody please, we please, we need to do like a comedy sketch about the inception of baseball. Someone, has there been that? Someone, someone said that there's been a comedy sketch about that. I don't know. Like the beginning of baseball, but like, you know, like name and shit. We'll call this the rubber. <laughs> Why? <laughs> well, it's rubber. <laughs> it's rubber. <laughs> okay. Next. okay. That plays. <laughs> like, you know, just, I love it. You know, the outfielders. Why are we calling them the outfielders? Because they're out in the field as opposed to in this little field. And now we're going to call these guys the infielders because they're in this little field. Mm. But what, what, why? Mm. The catcher explained it's, that one makes a lot of sense. Yeah, got it. What's he do? <laughs> okay. <laughs> We're going to call him the catcher then. <laughs> and how about that guy hurling the, uh, hurling, what do we get? Oh, fuck. You know what? Let's go there. Let's start there. Hurler. Hurler. All right. This is easy. I feel like we got <laughs> yeah. this. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm just, I'm interested. That's all. Mm. What else we got? Uh, Freddie Freeman's coming home. Oh, 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 Freddie Freeman's coming home. Is this the, this is the first visit back, right? Yeah, this is where we asked Joe. Does he get booed? Are there is there a is there a smattering? Is there a light shower, or is it completely drowned out by adulation? It will be a lot of adulation. I will say there'll be much, there'll be many claps for Freddie, but he definitely's. I mean, Jack Peterson got booed. Even Jack Peterson got booed. It was kind of like a little bit of a troll. It was a huge standing ovation. Jock, Jock, yeah. And then right, he dug in there, and then he heard some boos. Oh well, that's that's the fun, lighthearted. See, like, like I appreciate that. Like, that's great. That is great. Mm -hmm. If that, like, I didn't see that moment happen. That's exactly how I would process that is they gave him love before the game, right? I'm sure he was talking to fans, loving them and everything. Um, ovation. It's all great. And then he digs in the box and it's fuck you. Yeah. And it wasn't a violent like, ah, but it was like a, you know, all right, to hell with you. You're on the other it team wasn't, now. It wasn't a violent, but it, if it happens to Freddie, it might feel a little violent. So <laughs> I, I just, a- I want people. See, you got your pulse. On the fan base, Joe. And I want people, especially out here on the West Coast, to understand that just because Freddie Freeman had that good guy vibe 
doesn't necessarily mean fans are okay with how things played out. Because for every fan that feels like Freddie was justified in doing what he did, asking for what he asked for, making the decision he made, there's fans who believe that things could have went the other way. Yeah, I think if we're doing not like, there's no reason Freddie shouldn't get booed. He should be getting a clap, and he deserves like a nice little like not a little but a huge all the love, dude. Come on, yeah, like they should throw a parade, and they're gonna do like a ring ceremony. I'm sure it's gonna be beautiful. Charlie's gonna be out there, and Chelsea, and it's gonna be great. And there's gonna be hugs. But I'll say this, and. I, I wouldn't boo Freddie Freeman, and they shouldn't boo Freddie Freeman, but at the same time, if they do boo, boo Freddie Freeman, he might cry, and that could just take him out of the series. <laughs> like, Freddie Freeman, if he gets, like, might just, that that's going to hurt him. He's a sensitive soul, good guy, good to his family, too good, too good to his family, got way of the team, obviously. <laughs> um, do you? But as a competitor, if you want to win the series, boo him, and then that's it, I think. So, do you have Freddie getting emotional, like visibly <laughs> and noticeably emotional? Yeah, if Freddie's crying start, already. Crying if the booze <laughs> start been... to rain down. Yeah, Freddie's already. Do you, do you already... have him like acknowledging it? Like, no, he's gonna have his game face on, but you know, you're gonna on. be able to see like Freddie is a very you know emotional guy. He cries all the time. That's why. <laughs> that's why we love him. You know, he's he has the courage to be sensitive and and you may when he did the interview after what Ronald said, it was he was choking up and it was like hard to watch. If he gets booed like while he's playing, like that's gonna crush him. And I don't want to want to see that. It sounds like you do. It sounds like you're kind of like itching for <laughs> Freddie Freeman to just get fucking rattled in his return to Atlanta and you're going to be here for every minute. I feel like you've got a video locked and loaded ready to break down the emotional roller coaster that is Freddie Freeman coming home. Are you going to be there? Well, no, but I'm not I won't be there. I'm a man of multitude cells. You know this about me. I have I have my analytical mind, I have my competitive mind and I have my you know, personal side where, you know, I love Freddie Freeman. He did a lot. He's a great player and everything. But the same, like, if you're looking at it to, for competitive advantage, this is a dogfight. This is a business. You got to boo him. Because I don't, <laughs> you got to crush him, man. You got to crush him when he's, this is our house, dude. Are you prepared to send out a, a hate tweet towards Freddie before <laughs> game one? Like, just to, because he may see it, he may not, but he definitely won't see it if you don't send it. So if this if you're really about that life, is this a uh, is this a moment in time where you kind of got to roll up the sleeves and and maybe do things you you wouldn't otherwise like to do? Well, I have to. I, that might be a burner situation if we're going that route. <laughs> if we're going to do that in an effective way, we're going to have to make a few accounts. We're going to have to get everybody together and organize a real organized hate campaign. And like I said, it's nothing personal. Freddie doesn't deserve hate that campaign. It's yeah. <laughs> no, I would like to think that what Freddie Freeman has done for the Atlanta Braves over his course over the course of his career there is enough for people to want to stand and, and name their children Frederick. Yeah, no, there's they, no way he should get booed. There's no way he should get booed, and I wouldn't boo him. But but you're gonna boo him. Maybe, I should, maybe I'm wrong. Yes, I'm sending email, <laughs> I'm organizing. Like hit me yeah. up on Twitter if you want to get we're going to get signs going and we're going to get project, projectiles <laughs> aimed at the field. You know, not, we're not going to hit them, but close we're not going to hit them. But 
close yeah. enough because he'll get he'll get that standing ovation in the first at bat, and then every at bat after that they're gonna boom, and he gets that. Mm. I think that, that's not hurtful. I don't think they're gonna. They, he'll probably get a little like I didn't think he was gonna get booed, but then I saw Jock get booed, and it was kind of like a little <laughs> like kind of like a Freddie is not immune to that shit. He's getting booed. He's gonna hear a little booze. Yes, but it's gonna be a lot more claps. Hit the, the first at bat is going to be 95% standing ovation. Yeah. Oh but then God. it's like one of those things. It's like once people stop clapping, there's that like 5% of the crowd who's like maybe drunk, maybe not as um, compassionate. Mm-hmm. You're just going to let them rip. Mm-hmm. And that shit's contagious. Once someone starts booing, you know what I'm saying? Like then you want to start booing. <laughs> Like, you know what I'm saying? Booing is, it's a fun time. You know, he's going to, there's going to be some. Mm-hmm. And it's, I'm not saying it's right, but it might be smart. If you, you know, to hurt his feelings. <laughs> it might be smart to hurt his feelings. I mean, that's it. Oh that's, God. you're not wrong. <laughs> like, people want to discount the impact that fans can have on a game. Did anyone ever consider that you could just fucking hurt the player's feelings? <laughs> and then that that's beneficial for your team. It's home field advantage for a reason, baby. Oh, exactly. Yeah. I feel like there's certain players where you boo and that fires them up. And, you know, Freddie's a fucking beast. Like, I don't think he's, it's, you know, maybe I'm wrong and that you boo him and he'll just go off. But it's just, I know that would really, like, really, like, hurt his feelings. And his family's feelings, too. Oh, yeah, they're going to be. <laughs> it will hurt my feelings, too. I don't want to see him get booed, but <laughs> I mean, how many times I just say it? I don't think they should. Why, don't you, why, don't, why aren't you going? Because I don't live in Atlanta and I, I'm going to be out of town this weekend. On business? I'm going. To, yeah, I'm going to the lakes. I'm going to the lakes with my bae. Oh, damn. <laughs> so we're going to the lake. So we're not going to see Freddie in person. So you're gonna watch it on TV? You gonna take a little time out for that moment, or what? Yeah, we're yeah, dude. I'm gonna be watching Freddie Freeman on TV. Have you actually? Guys, speaking I'll of you clapping, guys, speaking of Joey going somewhere, we got breaking news. What do we got? Joey's coming with us to the All Star game. Let's right, go, baby. Joe. Yeah, that's right, baby. let's go. Yeah. yeah, Joey's gonna be there in LA with us. Oh, that's phenomenal. Yeah, that is yeah, phenomenal. Dude. How I'm going, uh, Hollywood. Joey? Question, question. Um, how tall are you? 5'11". All right, perfect. Why? Why? <laughs> so I can just, I can just have some some side by side to, to just show that I'm also 5'11". <laughs> People say you're not 5'11". Uh, no, well, Joe, I, I did that Joey, show if- yesterday with Kevin Millar, and he said, he's like, yeah, you're about 5'8", <laughs> and then we took a picture with each other, and I'm like the same height as him, and he's listed as six one. So I was like, what's going on here? Well, first of all, both of you are wearing cowboy boots. And aside from that, that's if, all right. So if we're if both we're wearing cowboy Jared, boots, Joey, then no one has an advantage. I would just advise you, Joey, to make Jared put his shoes on in <laughs> front of you. <laughs> what does that mean? <laughs> what does that mean? 
You know exactly what that means. I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. It means they. It means you're lying, dude. Uh, dude, no one who's five eleven ever. No one ever calls you a guy who's said you're five eleven. I never claimed I know, to be but 5'11". No, no one's ever been like you're not five eleven. You're five hey, eight. All, all you gotta do is you just check his check his feet. <laughs> check his feet, Joe. He's check the only him. guy. He's the only check guy him. that can wear a pair of fucking high tops and look like the heels coming out of the back of him. Check him. <laughs> check him. Oh. I can't wait. That's going to be great. It's like a sticky check. (laughs) Check them. We all know the power of an MVP. They make good teams great. And the folks at Gosling's Rum know a little something about MVPs. All the most valuable fans and super fans across the world who have made the Gosling's Dark and Stormy one of the most popular cocktails on the planet. That delicious combo of smooth Gosling's Black Seal Rum and spicy Gosling Stormy ginger beer cannot be beat for a summertime cocktail. Visit goslingsrum.com to get Gosling's products delivered straight to your doorstep and get $15 off your order of Gosling's Rum, ginger beer, or dark and stormy cans using promo code DRAFTKINGS21 over. Uh, please drink responsibly. The, uh, have you guys seen, you've seen Van Wilder, the movie Van Wilder? Yes. You haven't seen Van Wilder, Joe? No. Oh my god. Jake, have you seen Van Wilder? You've seen Van Wilder. No, I haven't seen it. They're in their Oh 20s. my god. They're in their Guys. early twenties. <laughs> but do you remember the do you remember the scene in the in the movie where he's he's coming into the fucking to the locker room during the basketball game at halftime and the coach <laughs> the basketball coach is deaf. And <laughs> and he said and there's a part he's, he's just talking about all the booze, right? Because you guys are talking about Boo and Freddie. And he was like, "For the first time in my life, I'm glad I'm deaf, so I so I can't hear the booze." Just talking, it just. But the way you kept saying booze, booze sounded like the coach. It was fucking hilarious to me. That's why I was dying laughing. I just had to let you guys know that that'd be there. Oh man, yeah, Van Wilder, get it in you, get it in you. <laughs> um. Uh, that's exciting news. Joey is coming to. Uh, oh, that's very exciting. He'll be first time going to the All Star game as a fan for me, so it's gonna be interesting. Well, you're first not going as a fan. Go. You're going as a member of the media, bro. Oh, as a media member, usually. Mm-hmm. Ooh, yeah. Son. I've seen, I've appeared in All Star games as a player, but not as a fan. Right. As a media <laughs> personality. So this is your first. <laughs> I've All-Star appeared game. in All Star. Have you been to LA before? Yeah. The I've fuck had you doing out there? Fucking YouTube. I got, I got come on. I got family out there. My where dad's from family? LA. Oh. They live where my they live in where Anna, Anna, Anaheim? Uh now yeah, they roots. live in New, Newport Beach. Riverside. Joe's yeah. posting the Palisades. Oh dude, I'm so cow. I got so calm in my blood, bro. I'm surfers. I got fucking look at it. I got shades. I'm bringing my shades. Like, oh god, dude, that just put a bow on it right there. Yeah, I'll fit in. Damn, <clears throat> damn, bro. What else we got? Is that <laughs> it? Of, is that all we got? That's pretty much it, right? Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, Shohei Otani is the fifth player since 1901 to drive in eight runs and lose. <laughs> Since 1901, did you guys read the? Uh, did you guys read the article I sent you about the baseballs? I uh, know because you sent it 30 seconds before we started the show. I read it. Did you? Oh, yeah. Yeah, we well, read the whole thing. I just got took out of the shower. About, only took about two minutes. I just got. Yeah, out of the they're shower. they're rubbing up the balls more. 
They're putting that illegal mud, dude, from <laughs> stolen from public land. Can I just look? We all have different fingerprints, right? We all have different fingerprints. Things feel differently to each one of us. What might feel like it's slippery to me could not feel slippery to Joey. Might feel extremely slippery to Jared. You just don't know. So the idea of thinking you're going to create a baseline, base level amount of tack or grip or whatever, I appreciate the effort and the sentiment, but I believe that instead of applying tack or mud or trying to figure that out, what you do is you approve a substance that is readily available so that should you desire grip, you can go and get it. Should you not want grip, you don't have to touch a fucking thing. You can just grab the ball and throw it or rub it up, lick your hand, whatever you got to do. But instead of trying to figure out a universal substance and trying to go through this process on how we're going to store the ball, like we're here because we have butchered and completely mishandled the production and the implementation and the change of the most important instrument in our fucking game. That's why we're here. And it doesn't have to be this way. If people would just listen. But instead, we're trying to, uh, for me, it's another, like, put my mark on this game, implement shit like this. Like, if you just listen, which is what they said they did, right? That's why they're going through these protocol changes on how the ball is rubbed up. Um, I do think we should, and as I pull the article up, uh, note the things that are going to change. So, according to the memo sent out by Major League Baseball, it outlines how each attendant should apply the mud and then store the balls before the game. And this is according to reporting from ESPN, confirmed through multiple sources. These are the guidelines. All game balls must be stored in humidors for a minimum of 14 days before being taken through the muddying process. Muddying must be done on game day. So you got to store these balls in the humidor for two weeks before you even put mud on them. And then from there, when you put mud on them, that's got to happen on game day. Attendants must muddy the ball in a process outlined by a video that should take 30 seconds per ball. There should be an exact standard ratio of water to mud used for the muddying process. Human error. Enter here. Exact <laughs> ratio? Got it. Because we're all going to do that the same way every day, every time. Nothing to see here. No variance whatsoever. Got it. Okay. <clears throat> all baseballs to be used in a specific game must be muddied, must be, yeah, must be muddied within three hours of all other baseballs being used in that game. <laughs> If you've ever been around a clubhouse and the baseball operations and the goings on of that day, good luck. Once the mudding process is completed, all balls should be placed back in the Rawlings boxes with dividers and the boxes then placed in the humidor. When taken out of the humidor for that day's game, only eight dozen balls at a time should be placed in a ball bag. Additionally, the inside of the ball bags will be required to be cleaned thoroughly 
by wiping with a damp cloth and then with a dry cloth to make sure there is no excess residue, dust, or moisture. Each team will be provided a poster showing the acceptable range of appearance for a mudded baseball. So what they have in locker rooms and in our clubhouses are scales above the urinals, clear to yellow. If your piss looks like this, this is how hydrated you are, or this is how close to dehydrated you are <laughs> based on what your piss looks like. And they it's just right that? there. Oh, yeah, it's right there above every urinal for sure. <laughs> and so now you're going to have a very similar scale like that placed in the room where this muddying of balls is going to be occurring. And you're going to have to be within this scale. Like that's a lot of. That's a lot of protocol there for something that could be, in my opinion, as easily solved as you want to use this shit to get a grip, use it. You don't, don't. But this is what we've approved. Thanks for coming. So they're going to have people, they have to re-mud baseballs in the middle of games or get new baseballs. Because after three hours, those baseballs can't be used. So around, and they're probably mudding them like an hour before the game or whatever. They can't mud them as soon as, like before the game starts. So sixth inning, seventh inning, every baseball that's there, you got to take them out and bring in new balls. Those baseballs are canceled. They mudded. Those, that mud has expired. Yeah. It, it's just, it, it's so convoluted <laughs> and it just feels like it really doesn't have to be this way. But that's every single thing about making a baseball. It's like, every, it's like, it's all made by hand. So like the amount of, things that can change between killing the cow, mm-hmm. killing, uh, shaving the sheep, and then putting it into the baseball, the amount of different things that can happen. Because how arbitrary is like how much mud you can put on. And when you look into this specific thing, like no two person puts on the same amount of mud. They all have their different strategies and that can affect the flight of the baseball. Mm-hmm. So then, but there's that little, whatever, that little arbitrary change that can happen can happen every single step of a way of making a baseball and, and that's why it's impossible to make them all the same mm-hmm. and and straight up like the, the idea of doing this like i'm gonna tell you right now if you have the right conversations with the right people you can have more than just mud applied to those baseballs in the rubbing process what do they put on what can you get that's all i'll say this is, it's like the fucking Chipotle of, of baseball rubbing. Like you can get a little <laughs> salsa over here, some hots over there, some beans, some brown rice. You can just order it like that. <laughs> Block is extra, folks. We all know that. Oh, baby. Wow. Yeah. If you ever watch the videos of those guys putting the mud on the ball, it's hilarious. They're like, yeah, this is how you do it. I think I'm doing it right. I think like, I'm doing it right. <laughs> they tell you to just rub it on. Damn, dude. Damn. You th- you, just when you think that like mud rubbing is, is uh, straight and narrow as it gets, it's a dirty game. Muddy but then balls you see they're testing, they're testing like the sticky balls and, those, and, and the miners. And you read that article in The Athletic, maybe, but everyone's complaining about it. Like, oh, it's shit. It's worse. It, or- that, that, I just think like, okay, so do you guys, do you know why your hands start to start to wrinkle when you've been in the water for too long? No. Why? 
because that's your biological reaction to being so moist and your body knowing that you need to be able to grip things. So your body wrinkles so that you can grip, so you can create grip. Because otherwise, if your skin was to remain in the same elastic form, you wouldn't be able to grip shit underwater, right? So that's after time, that's your body adjusting, allowing you to be able to grip things, which was my point, is that might set in for me 10 minutes into the water. Might take you, Joe, 30 minutes. And we all have different levels of moisture in our skin. So the idea of just giving us one ball with a baseline amount of grip and expecting that to appease everybody it's the same exercise we're going through right now as if like say you didn't rub the ball up we would still need something to appease the folks who feel like they're really slippery and there's going to be a group of people who are looking at you going i'm all good don't need it whatever i can handle the ball out of the wrapper i'm fine so to those people you would say cool If you're cool to roll like that, if you can go naked, go naked. But for everybody else who feels like they need just a little something to help them feel like they can grip the ball with consistency, not looking to spin, just looking to feel it, let's do that. And I feel like we get to a happy medium a hell of a lot sooner and a hell of a lot easier with a lot less convolution around the process of creating and storing playable baseballs. I know. I feel like it's kind of a slippery slope to just give give everyone the same substance. Like you, there you could probably make it even stickier by adding like some seek like I don't know whatever rosin or water or sunscreen. No, that's to make this, the, that's the idea. Is this stuff like like honestly, this would come out with the umpires, right? Like this stuff is stored in the umpires' room. Teams don't even have this shit. Yeah, and then what? you give them to them during the game. Sure. But, what if they they would find a way to make it stickier than how it's supposed to be? And then it's like, how do you tell if they're doing that? Well, no, the, the, the idea is that that's the quality control. That's the protocol that's in place is no team is going to be in possession of game used substance, whatever that is. This is literally issued like the puck comes out of a fucking freezer, right? The referees bring that thing with them. Yeah, but then you got people that now they can pitch with it, but they can't practice with it, and I'm sure that's going to be. That's where I was going to say. You would be sadly mistaken to think that they're not going to be able to utilize the same thing to be able to practice with and throw with. Like They're going to find a way to do that. The idea is if we're talking about game competition and we can control that, then that's really all you can ask for. If you would like to cheat, if you want to throw your bullpen with spider tack and then go out to the game without that, feel free. Feel free. I just think that there, you can make you can make the kind of sticky stuff into the super sticky stuff. They're going to find a way. I kind of like the way they do it now. Who, where who, they just who, let, you keep saying that, but who is going to find the way? Dude, I, I will. Like I if this know. is coming out of the umpire's room before the game, and it's not coming out there with a bat boy, and it's not coming out there with the pitcher who's starting that day, and you've got Doug Eddings, who <laughs> outstanding move by the bench coach, <coughs> for the, for, who was that, the Blue Jays? Oh, yeah. yeah, getting tossed before the fucking game. 
Yes, getting ran before the game. Hey, That's Doug. the move. That's the move. Hey, Doug, your zone was shit. Uh, just wanted to let you know that. <laughs> <laughs> hey, thanks. I I, I heard that. Um, I'm going to need you to fuck off before the game, though. That's because I can't take that. So, yeah. Kick rocks. You'll go ahead and watch this one from the clubhouse. <laughs> but it's coming out with those guys. From like I said, from their room. Okay, so they, but you you can still bring out your own shit and sneak it in. Like no, no, you can't. No, you can't. Why not? <laughs> they're just well, doing they're it gonna... today. No. <laughs> they just everyone do it does it now. Everyone's doing it again. They're just not doing spider tech, and it's it's obvious. But I feel like it's fine that way. No one really cares as long as no. they're not fucking spinning it fucking five thousand RPM. Yeah, we just can't have a forty two hundred RPM slider. Can't do that. Yeah, no. All right, that's all I got. The balls are okay. The sticky just wanted, stuff. Just wanted to talk it's, muddy baseballs. Thanks. Thank you for that, Dallas. Cool. Does you think baseball has a baseball problem, Dallas? Baseball has a baseball problem, for sure. Uh, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, what's, the, uh, what's the next baseball doesn't exist video? Do we know? Uh, yeah, I think we're going to do more of a like, uh, like kind of just, you know, unwritten rule type bat flip kind of just, uh, it's kind of hard to explain, but it's going to be pretty fun. It's going to be a lot of interesting history, a lot of cool stories, a lot of, um, you know, the evolution of the unwritten rules. It is a deep You should history. probably talk to, uh, you should probably talk to A-Rod about that. <laughs> it's probably a good sounding board for that. Yeah. Yeah, we yeah. Get, we'll probably Dallas will probably have a cameo in there. We'll probably have to cover that, you know. Yeah, make sure that, make sure when you're doing your voiceover and it's like you're being like and and players would get really upset on the field if you break the unwritten rules. Like make sure you show the video of Dallas kicking the stack of cups off the back wall of the dugout and then they kick back and hit him in the face. Make sure you use that clip. We'll dig that up. We'll get that in slow mo. Yeah. It's a good clip. Just right off the face. <laughs> There's, well, there's well nothing worse. There's nothing worse than being pissed off and having that happen to you. It it was the worst. <laughs> I wanted I wanted to be so angry. I wanted to stay angry, and I just couldn't. Yeah, you can't. Yeah. You Whatever. Can't. <laughs> Whatever. <clears throat> All right, I gotta go. I gotta go call a major league baseball game. All right. Uh, we'll see you. Uh, what's today? We'll see you on fucking Monday. All right. On Let's Monday. go A's. We had a baby. Let's go A's. We out.